This is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice, starring Christopher Mott as Jack and Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, girl detective. They say that if a thing seems too good to be true, it almost certainly is. That sounds like simple wisdom, my friends, or as my mother used to call it, pessimism. In the final analysis, life would be so much simpler if we could collectively keep our hands in our pockets and avoid temptation to grasp the brass ring when it is proffered. But, as is so often the case with these things, one truism falls into practical conflict with another. In this case, the keen observation that hope springs eternal in the human breast. Even if one knows better, or should know better... Even if all the signs and augury and entrails and whatever your particular voodoo is scream to high heaven that no good can possibly come of this thing, which is clearly too good to be true, you just can't help yourself. That old demon hope springs eternal, and you're off to the races yet again. And so it had proved for the girl detective and myself. I will give you the truth in point form so that you can get right down to enjoying the consequences. An unseen client, one James Arnott, from a little town about two hours' drive outside the city, had wired us a week in advance, plus a generous allowance for expenses to come out and make some subtle inquiries on his behalf in advance of writing his will. Not an unusual request, and nothing we couldn't handle, and the prospect of a week's pay for what was almost certainly a couple of days' work sprang eternal. And we bundled ourselves and King, the crime-fighting dog deluxe, into the girl detective's car which had a better heater, and set off for the snowy hinterlands and the hotel where James Arnott had reserved us a pair of rooms that were, by request, nowhere near each other. Perfect. And it is here that a large and looming except enters the picture, my friends. Except the thing that seems too good to be true is always lurking around the corner, waiting to hit you with a snowstorm. I need a drink. I thought you said this was the road. I did not say this was the road. You did, and you know you did. I did no such thing. I said this was the only road. It is entirely possible that there were six other roads somewhere under this scenic and pastoral pile of white garbage. I would not care to speculate. Brother, you are really getting on what's left of my nerves, you know that? I am remaining calm in the face of adversity. No, calm in the face of adversity would not provoke me to homicidal rage. This is just annoying. Fine. Then can I point out that you've obviously missed the turn and we're going to die out here? Now look what you've done. It's okay, baby. He didn't mean it. He did, actually. And just how much English do you think this dog speaks? He has very keen senses. And he'll need them to find his way to civilization after you and I freeze to death. Shut up. It's warm enough in here. Yes. Until the little hand that is hovering delicately just above the E on the fuel gauge gets tired and packs it in. Then we're doomed. I think I liked calm in the face of adversity better. I need a drink. I see something ahead. Oh, thank God. Is it the hotel? Can't tell. Well, it has to be the hotel. Try telling it that, because I don't think it is. Oh, for the love of... Well, it has to be on this road. It's the first building we've seen in an hour, Trixie. Hotel or not, I think this is where we're stopping. What if they don't let us in? I'm armed. 
Are you armed? Am I ever unarmed? I thought as much. There's a space to park in that side building. Think we should? If you don't, you can dig the car out yourself. Have I told you lately that I hate you? Not in ten minutes, at least. Neglectful little me. What is this place? Looks like an old manor house. What's that supposed to mean? I said it's what it looks like. And I guess Lord Baskerville will answer the door himself, will he, Sherlock? My bet is on a creepy butler. Think there's anyone at home? The lights are on. There's smoke coming from the chimneys. The driveway has been shoveled in the last hour. And they had to see us drive in. There's nothing around for 20 miles to distract them. I kicked the door in on three. Yes? Hmm. I win again. I beg your pardon. You have it. Please ignore him. He's an idiot. We're looking for the Fisher Suites Hotel. The Fisher Suites Hotel? The same. Um, never heard of it, I'm afraid. Would you like to come in? Oh, thank you. Oh, dear. You have a dog. Oh, dear. Yes, we do. Well, I suppose it can't be helped. Come in, please. Thank you, Mr... Smith. You have a lovely home, sir. Thank you for your hospitality. Oh, Lashwood Manor is not mine, nor is the hospitality I extend... I am manservant to Dr. Timothy Lashwood, the lord of the manor. The lord of the... Okay, then. If you would care to remove your boots, I shall take your coats and announce you presently. Of course. King, wipe your feet. There's a good boy. Here you go, Mr. Smith. Smith is sufficient, sir. Of course. Careful with the hat. The detectives' union would get me in Dutch if anything happened to it. You are a detective, sir. We are a pair of detectives, to be precise. Private. His and hers, as it were. Of course, sir. I believe your arrival to be most fortuitous, sir. I will return in just one moment and take you to the master. Take your time. What's the trouble here? My boot is stuck. It looks it. Do you need a hand? Not from you. Saving yourself for the butler? Shut up. The whole butler routine gives me the creeps. Why's that? This is the USA, Flattop. We don't have manor houses, and if we did, they wouldn't have lords. Didn't you ever take a social studies class? The same one three times. My eventual C- was issued on the Mercy Pass system. Just like your detective's license. Nice. Look, whoever owns this place sure looks to have more money than God. If he wants to play little Lord Fauntleroy, there's no real harm in it. And you and I and Sir Muddy Paws there should probably make nice. If he wants to regale us with tales of his posting an inja over brandy and cigars, we just play along until the roads are clear. You got it? Got it. And shut up. And also, I hate you. Splendid. Here comes Jeeves. If you would step this way, sir, madam. I prefer miss, if it's all the same to you, Smith. But of course, miss. So, our arrival is fortuitous, is it, Smith, old boy? I fear it might be, sir. The master is entertaining a pair of relations. Potential heirs, as they say. And I am most fearful that it may not be a very merry meeting. Estranged heirs, isolated manor house cut off by a storm, detectives just happen by. I hated this book every time I read it. Miss? Does this walking cliché have a bar? I will bring you a drink presently. A large one, please. Dr. Lashwood, may I present Mr. Justice and Miss Dixon, detectives from the city, taking refuge from the storm. Detectives, you say? That sounds terribly exciting. It does, doesn't it? Thank you for your hospitality, Dr. Lashwood. (gasps) Oh, what an adorable dog. Thank you. His name is King. King Jr., to be precise. King... Everybody likes belly rubs, but begging for them in polite company is undignified. Mr. Justice, this is my great-niece by marriage, Miss Emily Bradshaw. How do you do? Where has your lady friend gone? 
Ah, she's over there, waiting breathlessly for your butler's return. What a peculiar thing to do. I think she's just getting started. What's that? I said she caught a bad chill out on the moors. Ah, quite. And if she hears you call her my lady friend, her head will explode. Oh, so you're unattached, Mr. Justice. Oh, I'm quite attached. Just not to her. And were it not so, I would chew off my own foot to make it otherwise. I see. What are we talking about? Impressionist painting. Didn't they have any larger glasses? It seemed rude to ask. He'll just have to make a few extra trips. Bravo, young lady. I distrust a girl who doesn't trust herself when she's in her cups. <gasps> oh, uncle, you are a brute. What's this about my cups now? Never mind. You just get back to your birdbath of a martini. Jealous. So tell me, Mr. Justice, Miss Dixon, what sort of detecting is it you do? Oh, please, Godfather, don't insult our intelligence any more than you already have. My step-godson, Chester Taggart. How do you get a step-godson? It is somewhat complicated. It sounds it. Detectives from the city, all the way out here for no particular reason. See? This is what I said. Oh, there's a particular reason, all right, Chester. It's just none of your business. <laughs> Bravo, sir. Please. He's obviously brought you out here to check on us. And why do you need checking on? Because he's making fools of us, that's why. Oh, Chester, you mustn't talk like that. Be quiet, Emily. Yeah, Emily. You think that if you play sweet and innocent, he won't see you for what you really are. But I could tell him a thing or two about you. You save your lies, you beast, or I'll scratch your eyes out. Is everything all right here? It'd be better if this glass weren't quite so empty. Yes, miss. I love him. You should eat something. Yes, perhaps we should all cool our tempers and step in to dinner. You will join us, of course. We'd be pleased to, if Chester would first explain why he needs checking up on. As if you don't know. Perhaps you would be so good as to humor me. Oh, God, he's talking like them now. You know very well why I'm here. The summons of my dear Godfather. Step Godfather. He is desirous of naming an heir, and there being few candidates for the position, has elected to make Miss Bradshaw and myself dance for the title. I do a mean Lindy Hop myself. Are you all right? I'll be better in a minute. Here you are, Miss Dixon. Oh, Smith, and I didn't get a thing for you. And now perhaps we could all step in to dinner. I'm not going anywhere until you admit that you summoned these imposters. Imposters? Ladies and gentlemen, as the storm has made it quite impossible for any of us to depart... Perhaps we could try to enjoy one another's company, rather than fill the air with recriminations. <clears throat> Dinner will be served momentarily, if you would care to step through... <gasps> oh my! The lights! What now? The storm must have knocked out the power. Oh boy, if a shot rings out, I quit. <laughs> had to say it. I say, what's going on here? One moment, I'll fetch a lantern. Oh, the lights have come back on. Oh, please, enough with the screaming. Uncle, is he... I must ask that no one move. Mr. Smith, is he... I'm afraid so, Mr. Justice. Dr. Lashwood has been shot. You are listening to Blackjack Justice from DecoderRingTheater.com. I think you're enjoying yourself. That's a grim accusation from a girl with half a load on. I'm really fine. You're really not. And I couldn't help but notice that you're still drinking. Yes, I am still drinking, mother. If I stop, I'll get sleepy and be no use at all. It's an interesting notion that suggests you're useful now. Yes, it is. What were we talking about? Here comes the butler. Good, I could use a drink. How is the patient, Mr. Smith? I have dire news, Detective. 
I fear that Dr. Lashwood has succumbed to his wounds. And it is murder. Yes, sir. Good, good. Look, when you get a second, I could use a repair. Are the heirs outside? They are, sir. I have Miss Bradshaw in the sitting room and Mr. Taggart in the study. She seems most shaken. He seems quite impatient. I'll just help myself then, shall I? Do either of them know that Dr. Lashwood has died? I have told neither of them, sir. I thought you may wish to do so during the course of your questioning. Well done, Smith. Well done. Yes, bravo, old bean. Can I bring you something to eat, Miss Dixon? Nothing for me, thanks. I'm driving. Of course. I think that we shall allow young Mr. Taggart to stew in his own juices for a time, Smith. Send in Miss Bradshaw. Very good, sir. He has beautiful eyes. I think you've had enough. I'll tell you when I've had enough. What is that? It's a whiskey sour. Where did you find lemon juice and sugar? I substituted... Oh, dare I ask with what? With more whiskey. Of course. The act of purest optimism to oppose the question in the first place. Why are you taking this so seriously? You mean besides the obvious? I know, a man is dead, but that isn't our job. Isn't it? No. We're supposed to find the Shisher Streets Hotel. A hotel that, even when pronounced correctly, does not seem to exist. Don't take that tone with me. What tone? The Inspector Justice of the Yard tone. Just because these people are stuck in a melodrama doesn't mean we have to play along. Doesn't it? I hate you. You want a drink? No, but you go ahead. How about a nice mint julep? I don't see any mint. Why don't you substitute extra julep? In here, I didn't think you cared. King Buddy, I'm going to promote you to girl detective for the rest of this case. There is no case. And if you think so, all the more reason to promote King. Good luck with that. He's asleep by the fire. You don't find that odd? What's odd? I may try it myself after this julep. He's one part hound, two parts moocher. Dinner was about to be served in the next room, but the nose that knows takes a nap by the fire. Perhaps his schnoz was overwhelmed by the smell of your bull... Excuse me. Saved by the bell... Smith said you wanted to see me? Yes, indeed. Is he standing at the door? Yes. How did you know? Step in, please, Smith. Very good, sir. Please, Mr. Justice, do you know how Uncle is? I'm afraid he's dead. Dead? But... Catch her, Smith. Yes, sir. I have her. Fainting? Is that what a girl has to do? She's all right. Brandy, please, Smith. At once, sir. Make it two. There, now. Are you quite well, young lady? I'm sorry, Mr. Justice. You gave me a shock, I'm afraid. I am sorry about that. Were you and your great-uncle close? We had never met before tonight. My mother passed away six years ago, and I knew none of my relations on her side. Oh, I was so excited when a letter came from Uncle. It was a chance to connect with... Well, I felt like I was going to have some connection to her again. And the prospect of inheritance? Oh, I won't lie to you, Mr. Justice. Anyone who never dreams of learning they have a rich uncle they never knew is wealthy enough that they don't need that sort of daydream. But it it doesn't matter. I suppose you know that without a change to the will, it may be very difficult for you to claim any inheritance. I don't care. I only knew him a few hours, and I got the impression that he didn't like me very much. As if I had come calling with my hat in hand, rather than in response to his invitation. Did that make you angry? It made me sad, Mr. Justice. I loved my mother very much. I had hoped... Well, it doesn't matter what I hoped. Thank you, Miss Bradshaw. That will be all. But... But don't you want to... I mean, don't you need to talk about... 
about where I was when the lights went out, or, or test my hands for gunpowder or something. Not in the least. I just need to talk to Chester Taggart. I knew it! Mr. Taggart, you were to remain in the study until the detective summoned you. Yeah, you big jerk. Don't make me laugh, Smith. You may enjoy playing games with these fools, but I will not be treated this way. In what way have you been mistreated, sir? I know perfectly well what you're about, Mr. Justice. You took one look at this little milkmaid and decided to frame me for my godfather's murder. I knew it! See? You didn't even want to question this hussy about where she was when the lights went out. Because I know perfectly well where she was. And you, and everyone here. Yes, you think you can push me into a frame, but you can't, Justice. I had no motive to kill Dr. Lashwood. You don't seem to be terribly fond of him. I never met him before tonight. This little trollop and I were only summoned to Lashwood Manor because the good doctor had systematically alienated everyone else who might have had any claim to his money. And yourself, it would appear. No, don't fool yourself. I would have danced for his amusement all weekend long, if need be, as unpleasant as an old warthog as he might have been. But it hardly matters now. Says you. Yes, says me. Well, all right, then. Don't you understand? Dear old Godfather had yet to revise his will. Which means that dear little Emily and I don't stand to inherit a penny. There are dozens of near relations that hated Lashwood as much as he hated them. But they'll carve up the estate between them. I may have despised Dr. Lashwood, but in killing him, I would only have destroyed any chance I might have had to become his heir. And so you have done, hasn't he, Smith? Oh, no. You can't pin this on me. When the storm knocked out the lights of the power, When I was... the storm knocked out the power, you were nowhere at all. Yeah! Wait. You lost me. And me. And me. The storm did not knock out the power. The lights were turned off in this room, and this room alone. But the switch is all the way on that wall. None of us could have reached it. That switch, yes. But there is a second switch, just here, hidden under Dr. Lashwood's desk. Then the only person who could have turned out the lights... Is the man who was sitting in that chair. When did you discover this? When Smith was helping his master upstairs. The suspects were cooling their heels in the other rooms, and you were neck deep in one of those glasses. It's also when I found this gun. The murder weapon! Then... The only person who could have hidden that gun under the desk was the man who helped Lashwood up. It had to be Smith. Yes, it was Smith who fired the gun. You beast! You cad! But that is not Mr. Smith. You jerk! Wait, what? Very good, Mr. Justice. <laughs> what, uh, what gave me away? Huh? Apart from the clues you kept hidden, you, you cheated, you know. Yes, I'm sure the light switch and the gun seem outside the rules of fair play. But when you introduced my partner and I to Dr. Lashwood, you called us by our names. And we had never given them to you. He what? Wait. Really? Really. Which meant he had to know that we would have come looking for something down this road. And the only way he could have known that was if he was the one who sent us the directions to the Fisher Suites Hotel, which does not actually exist. He is the equally fictitious James Arnott... And the name ought to have been a dead giveaway. Better and better. And the fortunate arrival of the detectives from the city might have been enough of a cliché to send my partner on an accidental bender. But it seemed to me that if a man who hired us was after a pocketbook detective story, I ought to oblige him, since no one was hurt. No one was hurt? He shot my uncle! No, he didn't. You said that Smith fired the gun. He did. Right after he turned the lights off and before he burst the trick bag full of fake blood. That was the trusty butler, Mr. Smith, behind the desk, wasn't it, Dr. Lashwood? Yes. You! Uncle! Neither of you had met Dr. Lashwood before tonight. He devised this little caper to see if he couldn't find out which one of you, if either, he ought to trust. If you take my advice, sir, 
You owe the young lady an apology. She shall have it and more. <laughs> and I hope she will forgive me my theatrics. <gasps> oh, you wicked old fool! Of course I will! Now, see here... Chester, if you are very quiet and very meek, I will let you remain in my house until the storm has passed. One peep more out of you and you go out in the snow. Yes, sir. I see your point. Quite a clever bit of detecting, Mr. Justice. <laughs> Tell me, even once you had deduced that the gun was fired under the desk and the connection between myself and your fool's errand out here, how did you know that I was not the manservant I pretended to be? My dog didn't smell food. A real butler would have had dinner made anyway in case his employer changed his mind. Bravo, sir. <laughs> no hard feelings, I hope. Not too many. We've had a week's pay for this little one-act play, plus expenses, and I hope rooms for the night. And I had a chance to show off my partner, right, Trix? <sighs> Trixie! <sighs> ah, well. Two out of three isn't all that bad, my friends. If Lady Hangover had been forced to eat crow, it would have been too good to be true. And if something seems too good to be true, it usually... Well, you know. Blackjack Justice, episode 47, To the Manor Born, was written and directed by Greg Taylor and starred Christopher Mott and Andrea Lyons, with additional voices supplied by Peter Nickel, Greg Taylor, Clarissa Dunetterlanden, and A.J. Hagarth. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure. Hello, I'm John Bell of Bells in the Bat Free. It's a comedy podcast. Fridays and every other Sunday... Well, anyway, back in episode five of Bells in the Bat Free, we introduced the cowlets, tiny little cows. Where did all these cats come from? They're not cats, they're cows, and they're heading toward the water cooler. Stop it before... Now you can display your love of these tiny cows with genuine cowlet t-shirts. You know what's really fun to do with these shirts? Get a whole bunch of people to buy them. Then you all gather together and run down the street. People will see these cowlets coming toward them and think it's a stampede. You think that would really work, Brad? Shh, I'm pushing for bulk sales here. You can also get cowlet mugs, clocks, and other items. Just go to thebatfree.com and click on shop. This is a limited time offer. No, it's not. You just do not not understand advertising, do you? Get your merchandise today with the official Cowlet design created by Jeff Music. Buying lots of them would bring music to my ears. Oh, stop. Stop.